Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrewer, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Tanya Sunil, Jordan Fermanis and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. And this week we're discussing the perfect weather. Nick, famously, you are of a sunny disposition. Lead us off. Thanks very much. Well, not just me, actually, but the world in general. And when I say the world, I mean specifically London. Mm. So it's spring. It is. In spring fact, is sprung. In fact, you could say it's nearly summer. But it's been a bit of a ropey start. It's it been has, a bit yeah. of rain, a yeah, yeah, yeah. bit of cold. Last last few weeks, I think, you know, I've been getting up and sun has been streaming through the windows. Um, and, you know, you I have to say it gives you a whole new outlook on life you, yeah. you go outside you're ready for anything yeah you you're interested in new things and exploring and going out and doing stuff now you know the but it seems like you can't is it true that you can't really have that s- smooth without the rough of winter um is it simply the case that uh you know if we if it was if it was really cold then I'd feel the same when it was just getting up to freezing. If I lived in Siberia, where it was minus 40, do, do people feel the same about when it's minus 10? You know, likewise, if you live in a place where it's, you know, 30 degrees in, and that's cold, does it have an equivalent effect? Or is it the case that it's just objectively better for it to be nice and sunny outside? I don't know. Uh, but that's the question we want to ask. What is the perfect weather, or is it the, is that a misconception? There's no such thing. Nice. I think about this a lot. Yeah. yeah. Tanya, um, Nick's struggling with this question. He's not sure how to answer it. You look like someone with answers. Go for it. I actually think I do agree with what Nick said, just because um, I have a friend who lives in Canada, and here, obviously, like uh, temperatures go to like maybe minus four maximum. Um, but their temperatures dropped to like minus 30. And the other day I was complaining about um, how it was very, very cold here when around December time. Mm -hmm. And she was furious. Mm. She was like, you don't know how privileged you are. (laughs) It's literally minus 30 here. And it's terrible. Minus four is, um, I think she described it as sunbathing weather. <laughs> so I think, uh, yes, it it is, um, you know, very, very objective, very personal. Um, you know, it depends on what kind of weather your particular country has. I don't think you'd necessarily have to, you know, um, have that 25 degrees to feel like, okay, this is great weather. I, I think there's, but there's an important fact about you, Tanya, which is where you're from. Yeah. It's the opposite of Canada. Yes. <laughs> yeah. America? <laughs> um, well, no. well, well, hold on, wait. I think, no, I think it is important to know this. Well, uh, no, well, yeah, okay, yes, yeah, so. Uh, I'm from Dubai. Okay. So it's relatively. Relatively hot no. there. Yeah, it, uh, temperatures rise to like about 50 degrees. So naturally for me, minus four is like a huge drop, considering that I've lived there for like 20 years of my life. So I guess we can take that into consideration. But my friend who lives in Canada was also living in Dubai. Mm. So I think ah, that's part of what's going okay. on here, actually. But also, 
I think we can sort of, we can frame this really nicely. Dubai, too hot. Canada, too cold. Right. right. Ju um, England, but just, just right. right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like so many other things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but also, I think what would be interesting, your mate in Canada is, I mean, I think the, the fact that they're from Dubai as well or used to living in Dubai, that's that sort of, you know, skews things maybe. But also, I'm interested to know when it gets to zero, and as, she, as you say, she says it's sunbathing weather, does she feel... Uh, that, that, that same sort of verve in her life like Nick does at this time of the year does she or is there and in fact are the Canadians around her are they all like oh this is amazing it's, oh, it's just so nice when it gets to zero do you, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah I, I do think it is like that uh, once she called me when it was around like minus 10 and she literally showed me how everyone around her was wearing shorts and a t-shirt <laughs> so I guess uh, yeah for them amazing. you know that's when they go out a lot more and yeah, that's sort of summer for them, I guess. Great. So, it, but in Dubai, when well, it when it drops to the freezing cold temperature of say twenty five degrees, do people put on coats and <laughs> woolly scarves and things? Um, yes, I used to wear a jacket. Yeah, <laughs> and I've seen this in Brazil. They can't wait to break out their jumpers when it hits twenty degrees, kind of thing. And I'm not exaggerating. Um, I can't believe these foreigners. I know they're a funny lot, aren't they? So. But before we go, I think there's a sliding scale thing here. And I think this related to happiness of individuals and externalities as well. I think there's a similarity going on there. Um, but you're, you're right, Fred. I've got some interesting data to report. Um, I found a paper by a team of researchers from America, the US, China and the UK. And they ran a study on the ideal weather temperature. They had, uh, I think they did, it was like survey data, I think. Um, 1.6 million people in the survey, mainly in the US and China. Um, and the result was that the Goldilocks temperature for humans, not too hot, not too cold, was 22 degrees Celsius. Um, and that was taking into consideration uh, like subjective things, like just what felt pleasant, but also like biological, um, mm -hmm. you know, like what, a temperature does to you sweating you know like feeling co like the cold that sort of thing um and the interesting thing was that they found that people that lived in cities with an average annual temperature of this 22 degrees celsius tend to be more agreeable more conscientious emotionally stable and extroverted so they're, so their finding was where that, is this place this sounds <laughs> great yeah um th their finding was that weather has a direct relationship to personality traits mm -hmm. in, in, in people um, and then they go on to sort of um, question how climate change obviously temperatures are changing around the world how um, that might also affect um, personality types in, in different cities across the world yeah I think there's we would have to raise the question of cause and effect mm. in that it might be that people who are agreeable um, um, some uh, you know they want they they want to go somewhere where it's easier to get out and about and meet people and what it might be that that wouldn't suit it, so I, I suppose you can imagine someone who was really miserable and introverted and hated going outside would be less bothered mm. and would be happy to go and live in, you know, But you're going to have, that should even itself out of the data. Yeah, You'd I'm not thought. suggesting that's, that cannot be a major effect, but I thought we'd better raise it for kind of rigor, reasons of rigour, really, that, you know, there might be a selection effect going on. That's one way to do it. Mm. Another way 
is I think we've probably all just lived let's use or, our intuition exactly anecdotes well no if, yeah anecdotal personal experience there we go <laughs> so I suspect we've all sort of travelled all over the place lived different places let's answer this question directly why not I mean what's the perfect climate right um, tell me um, for, for you Tanya what's the perfect climate uh, for me I agree around like uh, 22 to 25 but give me a place degree. a place uh, well personally um, if I'm taking into consideration all the places I have visited I actually like Dubai during winters hmm. during winters it's good I will not say the same about summers because we have ample amount of sunlight also mm. during winters and the temperature is like 25 degrees. So basically, I think that the reason why, um, you know, this uh, your mood changes based on the weather is because of the amount of sunshine that you get. So the more sunshine you get, the more vitamin D you have, mm. which increases your serotonin levels mm. and just makes your life better yeah. in general. So. Which is, I, for one, I am thankful because it gets this time of year and Nick gets a little bit less cantankerous. Not completely, <laughs> but I mean, yeah. Good old vitamin C, yeah. vitamin D coursing through my veins. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Jordan? I'd probably say a, a Mediterranean climate. So I'd probably, I'd go for Greece or Italy or something. Hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. He no. does have Greek ancestry. I do. Yeah, so yeah. I think there's Full disclosure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Massive uh, <laughs> selection bias going on there. But I think one thing that also th that you said there, Tanya, is is also, uh, which makes this tricky, is Dubai um, in the winter. Because it's that one place is tricky. Because even Mediterranean places get a bit hot, I think, in mm. the summer. Um, but I've got the solution to that. Or I don't, I didn't come up with it. Um, it's called the City of Eternal Spring, I think. Um, imagine oh. a city that's in the tropics. Yes. At high altitude. Really? Close to the close to the to the ocean. Never. Um, but also get this. Imagine, right. if you will, um, a, a, a two mountain range, or maybe I think it's one mountain range that splits and creates this beautiful. Imagine a curving hammock, okay, mm. on a massive scale. And then nestled in that verdant sort of uh, eternal spring. I thought, is, I thought, is, it, is it Hull? <laughs> You've got it. Yeah. No. Imagine this place. I sound like I sound like one of the people uh, narrating. Yeah. You, as you, no, as you, you sound land. like an estate agent because you're going to tell us it's Rio de Janeiro. No, it's not. Oh, okay. I do like Rio though. Um, <laughs> Caracas, Venezuela. It's, right. It's beautiful. Wonderful temperature all year round. And is it actually called the City of Eternal Spring? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spring? I think it is actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You it's do, you, that sounded like the intro to one of those Sonnet Lumieres from yeah. the 1970s. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, that's my place. But Nick, did you have one? Um, Britain. Well, I think no. we need to we need to go into a more theory. We definitely do. But what's your favourite climate? Uh, I, 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 I guess I'm a bit like Tanya. I think I actually prefer to move around. If you don't yeah, mind. Yeah. But Actually, right. I, I'm going to argue that there's benefits to be had from, uh, you know, from actually not just trying to stay at the same temperature Quite. all year round. Quite. But um, just looking at some of the fundamentals, people freeze to death at zero degrees, which shouldn't be a big surprise because we've got quite a lot of water in it. And I don't know if you know, Fred, I don't know yeah, if you're but, a science guy. But, but not 100% of the time. No. In fact, and in fact, you, you do, it's possible to get hypothermia in anything under the body temperature. Body temperature is a surprisingly high, 37 degrees, right? I, 
I think there's a puzzle here, which we might be able to answer. There's a puzzle as to why um, we like a temperature, which we clearly do, which is less than body temperature. I've, kind of interesting when you think about it. Like you would expect our ideal temperature to be the temperature we're at, but that's not true. It seems like, as uh, Jordan was saying, like 20 degrees seems to be what people say is about right. And in fact, you know, if, when you look at when people really start to die from heat, it's at about 40 degrees. So lo and behold, 20 degrees is in between the zero at which we freeze and the 40 at which we start to die. Um, and 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 I think 20 degrees, the thought is, well, that actually is the temperature that you could reasonably survive at without even food, shelter or fire. Like if you could somehow be at a 20 degrees, um, 20 degrees environment the whole time, shelter ceases to be something you need to worry about. Not coincidentally, it seems to be about the temperature of our ancestral environment. So I'm thinking about sort of southern, southern and western Africa, um, which uh, uh, so my I suppose my argument from the fundamentals would be that uh, it would probably be the case that our ideal temperature is something akin to the temperature in, you know, su southern uh, uh, sort of southern central Africa. Um, yeah, uh, but that's all really. I, if you were going to answer it using how having said that it could be that you know because of the way that the human hmm. humans have, have spread out and obviously we've we have evolved in some ways like with different skin colors based on different uh, environments then um it might be actually the optimal optimal temperature is different depending on yeah 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 well, i was going to say that that i think natural selection and has led to sort of populations you know like it's although africa would be like our sort of um the ideal climate for for ancient humans um natural selection and population spread means that i think that's probably changed yeah based on where people absolutely have lived live now i mean um, i do feel like a fish out of water when mm. i'm in brazil for example should, should and, i mean you is for you is it scotland i wonder if where our evolutionary ancestry is mm. well mine actually, is scotland mine is basically the british isles so yeah so uh, well, scotland yeah so a bit cold yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Tanya, your your background is southern South Asian, isn't it? Yeah. Do you from South India? Do you, if you had to choose, would you would you would you go for more the climate in South India or the Middle East? Probably the Middle East, oh, just because it's ruined my theory. <laughs> <laughs> we are we talking about humidity here? Yeah, I, yeah. It's mm. a lot. So uh, currently the temperatures are rising in South India. So mm. right now it does go up to like forty degrees in the state where I'm from. So um, and the humidity is obviously very very high. So if you sweat, it doesn't evaporate that easily, which makes it very very hard to survive there or be comfortable at least. Whereas in Dubai, yes, we do have some level of humidity, but it's mostly dry. Mm. So it's just easier to survive. You, you also have unbelievable levels of air conditioning. Yes. In that helps, <laughs> yeah. Dubai, yeah. But I've been in that, and it's a horrible situation. And yeah, it's a, it's a gulping and feel like I'm walking in soup mm. and just trying to breathe, and you just can't, or it's, it's dreadful for me, but um, yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, so so we are sort of adapted sort of in the last sort of however many thousands of years to sort of, uh, yeah, go we're on, We're adapted, but the fact that we have to wear clothes um, and live in a climate, in living climate controlled environments as well sort of suggests that we're not particularly well suited to live in the climactic conditions that yeah. we do. It's true, because, yeah. you know, Arabs, for example, they still use air conditioning. Mm. 
and we use clothes. Yeah. And we use more clothes. I think they use clothes as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you're right, actually. Now you come to think of it, if I picture people in... Yeah. the Arabian Peninsula, they are normally clothed. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, but they wear they wear fewer clothes mm. and less less thick clothes than we do, right? So what I'm saying is, so on one hand, you've got this kind of evolutionary argument, which sounds quite appealing. That we, you know, somewhere between Africa and where our kind of more direct ancestors, like him and Greece, mm. come from, you you might think it's somewhere around there. Like if I were to draw a line between the UK and Southern Africa and pick the midpoint, which might be somewhere like, I don't know, Algeria or something, um, you, you maybe that's the optimal. <laughs> it's it's hypothesis. Let's try it. Let's try yeah. it. Yeah. So you're, 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 <laughs> so should we, do you fancy moving to Algeria? Yes. <laughs> all right. Yes. You're on. Yeah, yeah. And then, I will complain if I find it's not all to my liking when I get there in terms Tanya, of Tanya, draw a line between India and Africa. Boom. Middle East. <laughs> I haven't got <laughs> a map works. in front of me. It works. He should be happy in Southeast. No, somewhere yeah, he should in be happy Asia. Afghanistan. About, Afghanistan. Yeah. Ooh. I yeah. don't know. I'm, I'm my knowledge of what about the what's the what's in the uh, Indian Ocean? The Maldives are they yeah. there? Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah I think you lucked nice. out there. Well done. Yeah. Um, okay. Look, let's explore this thing of 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 um, relativeness. Um, and so, in terms of hey, what's great about and it is true actually. What's lovely about being in Britain is the weather does change. Um, famously, it's very changeable and we have a climate, we have seasons, and and as much as winter can be miserable, that makes the spring and summer all the sweeter. Mm. Um, what, what do we think to this? Do we want to explore that at all? Yeah, I think that's definitely true. And having come from somewhere that is reasonably hot all the time, that you, you don't get that same contrast, mm. um, which I do like about British weather that um, it's it is very seasonal and the seasons are kind of they're different and they and they have different weather, um, but and I think also yeah that just shows that there are sort of cultural and regional differences um, that shape how we think about the weather and and the temperatures that we prefer. Mm. Have we thought? Um, yeah, interesting. I know. I've I've just put two things together that were there in plain sight. No, I was just thinking about the you know my kind of zero to forty. Yes. Let's say that you liked a bit of variation, but you yeah. didn't want the variation to be such that you would die. Yes. You might go for ze- somewhere around zero to 40. And actually, that is pretty much what we've got, I think. Mm. Yeah, in Britain. In summer, in summer, 40 is perhaps a bit on the high side for us, although we have been tickling yeah, that Yeah, it's kind of that. It's like, yeah. So, so maybe, yeah. No, uh, th- I think there's something we haven't touched on. We have been talking about temperature, and obviously that's really important. But we haven't talked about weather. Right. Yeah. So and I think I think so it's it's not just so Tanya mentioned humidity. Obviously, another feature of South India is the monsoon. Mm. Uh, so rain is another type of weather. It you, is. You know, the rain. You've well done. That. Yeah. Um, and and obviously wind is another type of weather. Yes. Right. In fact, you can have all three at the same <laughs> this, time. This is groundbreaking stuff yeah. we're doing here. This is great. <laughs> what I'm saying is these are different dimensions. Like like if it was 20 degrees, but uh, but it was a hurricane and rain was falling, I think I wouldn't be happy with that either. And I would probably want to trade off a bit of, uh, you know, the kind of dis- wind and rain for somewhere perhaps a bit colder but drier. So, so I'm saying we haven't really covered off the... You know, mm. we, we know what the ideal temperature is, but... But it is in, like I find rain sort of nice, but at the same time I don't want too much of it. 
It, it just feels like I, I can't help this. Uh, right. and, and I don't want to sound biased, but it does feel like all roads lead to Britain. It does <laughs> yeah, feel yeah. like this. And, and to that point, I, like, I think the interesting thing, you mentioned that the monsoon, there's a season for monsoons, and there's a very the kind whole of... season, it's so weird. There's mm. a very... Um, defined period of when yeah. the monsoonal rains are going to arrive and then when they're going to end. And also, Whereas in Britain, yeah. there's a roll of the dice, yeah. isn't it? Every could day. be windy, could yeah. rain, could be sunny. Yeah. Like, there's no predictability. It's very unpredictable. And I think I think that's nice. And which conversely, that's what makes us such stable individuals <laughs> who, like, like myself. And yeah, um, Tanya, what are your thoughts on our ramblings? What are you? Yeah, I actually don't like the unpredictability of. Britain's weather. Yeah, keep going. I, yeah, yeah. I just feel like um, one moment it's super sunny, the next moment it's raining. Like, mm. what am I supposed to, like, how am I supposed to decide how to dress that day? It's just, <laughs> it's weird because uh, where I'm from, like, we know what it's going to be like the next day, maybe even the next month. But here, it's like every 10 minutes it changes. And that's good because it gives you something to talk about. I guess, but... I'd rather be comfortable. Yeah. That, that we can talk about a lot of stuff in the world, but like, like what if you don't have an umbrella and then you're just outside and it's like pouring rain? Oh, well, you have to go into a pub, seek shelter in a pub, and make friends with a with a local. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next minute, if it gets super windy, then you're wet and you feel cold yeah. now because. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but also, you like, need to adopt. Um, she's got a point. Yeah, a, a viewpoint on the world and and just accept that. It's, you know, resignation and sort of not expect too much from life. I think that's the answer, right? And, you know, and develop a sense. Yeah, develop a sense of stoicism, mm. I think. That's my slightly jingoistic sort of view. It also makes it more likely that the weather will do something interesting that suits your mood. Like, it's quite nice if you're, if you're feeling a bit down, if there's suddenly a crack of thunder and it starts raining... And, you know, whereas if you're suddenly feeling if you're, if, you know, if you've had a few stressful days and it's been raining and you get up on a Saturday morning and it's sunny, that really gives you gives mm. you that little boost. And you don't you don't get that at a kind of constant temperature. And I'm not saying that's like that's going to be that's going to give you bad results just as often as it gives you good results. But it, but you but you are going to get good results from that. Yeah. Well, and you get the fun of it, the and fun. The, yeah, and the, the surprise. The fun of that, having a barbecue ruined by rain. Yeah. You know. But also that sort of sense in the middle of the winter when you out of the you get a sunny day. Oh, yeah. Isn't that lovely? Yeah. Or crisp, that beautiful, crisp, sunny day. Yeah, or that uncertainty you need to, and sort of the slight sort of resignation to misery and mishap that, you know, you got your birthday coming up in June and you know it could all go yeah, wrong. Yeah, my, my, my friend uh, Lou got married on in some ridiculous like July where it was never, you never know, rains, never, never rains. And, and it was it was an outdoor wedding, absolutely chucked it down. So we all had to we all had to huddle in the green in this greenhouse and uh, get some and had have some uh, drinks brought round and it was very memorable yeah exactly her dad was walking her along with the umbrella in his hand you know yeah. um uh, jordan you look like you were going to say something I f but before you do i feel like we're drifting i, f I feel we're drifting in banalities okay, a bit okay at the I've, moment. Got, I've got a few things we can can i talk about construal level theory <laughs> i guess so but yeah. but wait um, yeah, just say, because I just feel like we're saying yeah, a bit so of... This happens, it's I, happened a lot. Can I just say, finish what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I go, oh, don't worry, I've got this thing we can talk about. And then you keep going, the problem is we haven't got anything to talk <laughs> no, about. But, and I'm like, you, no, I, I'm no, here. but you think you've got right, something about yeah. it, but I'm not sure that, you know, 
I just feel we're drifting. <laughs> right. Like, so, wait, let so me I've bloody finish. Idea. Let me finish. <laughs> uh, here I am saying, I don't know if it's going to rain or it might. And you're going, you're standing there with an umbrella. That's what you're telling me, right? But um, look, I just feel we're, at the moment we're going a bit of this, a bit of that. We haven't really brought it all together. I know that Nick's got something <laughs> dynamite he's going to give us. Um, but before we do, Jordan, anything to finish off on? Because you look like you're going to say something. I was going to say something, but I'll save it. I want to hear what Nick has to say first. And then... uh, okay, Nick. I'm interested in this construal. Yeah, oh, well, you, you have the floor. No, okay, so it's just not, a, it's a theory I've long nurtured actually about why weather, what weather does to oh, us. Oh, is it one of your theories? Well, I'm putting together bits of other theories. Okay, so yeah. And personal observation. Okay. So construal level theory is a, a sort of mm, intuitive, but, but an argument based on bringing together findings from lots of different studies, looking at different aspects of, of uh, cognition and, and behavior and decision making, which says that actually... Um, we have a quite a small number of, uh, well, construal levels. In what fact, does that two, even, what does construal mean? No. It is basically a, a mindset with which you can approach a particular task. Let's put it that way. Okay. So um, you, there is, so and, and they're often called far and near, right? So if, so a near level construal will be one where you are thinking about it emotionally and anecdotally and as though you were in it and so on. A far level the, um, construal would be more like, well, what decision you would make about other people, an emotion-free and fact-driven, right? Well, at and, least one of us is nodding. Keep going. Right. So the point is that this, no, because you look at uh, lots and lots of different ways that people approach all kinds of different problems, okay. like even down to how we perceive different colours. And, you know, we, basically there, there are these two control levels with which we can apply uh, the way we think about different problems. Now, I, I think that rain is near and sun is far right i don't I, I i know that's sort of almost literally true because the rain is actually on your face but the sun is in space right but i think it's metaphorically true as well and this is all about metaphors because it's how your brain you know analogizes effectively so i think that when it rains um it encourages you to look at where you are it's harder to go outside so you look inwards you think about uh, maybe i should get that thing put that picture up and you know you're tactical what am I doing today but the sun I think encourages taking a far view you can see further again it's all metaphorical but it also encourages you to think strategically what will I do next week what will I do next year new possibilities open up it's easier to go exploring over that hill right I what I, as I said, it's a theory, but it feels intuitively right to me, and I think it that's feels why intuitively rubbish. That's to why I like the sun. The sun, I feel like it's time to take on new projects and start new stuff. So, so that's the feeling of positivity I get from good weather. I don't feel good about the hot, nice weather, for example, because I want to go outside and sunbathe. That's I. I don't actually like being outside in the sun. I like it because it encourages me to think in a positive future-oriented way. Mm. There you go. Construal level theory. What's another one that's not to do with climate or weather? Um, or does it only relate to... Does construal level theory only relate to climate and weather? No, it relates to go on, then. everything. Go on. Give us another one. Well, I mean, hot and cold, for example, is another thing that maps onto this near and far distinction. So, um, you know, the way we feel about hot things is different to the way that we feel about cold things. Um as I said, like the way that you we relate to um, the way that we relate to stories about people uh, 
it can be in uh, we can think about that as though they're people we know and care about and feel emotion towards or we can think of them in terms of in, in as though they're you know actors and we don't know them and we're making we're thinking about them as objects um that that's just another example it's it's pretty all-encompassing and and the reason you're skeptical is because you you haven't quite grasped it but i can it just well, look it up no no thank you think. for indulging me this far it's very kind of you thank you <laughs> um yeah because famously you talked about going out and exploring and that's what hot the weather makes us feel like I, doing. I think so yeah it famously does. not many british explorers so yeah they didn't like setting out when the weather was bad they only did it when ah. it was sunny I see, yeah, they, I see. They set out in summertime. Yeah, yeah. That, that, well, okay, so, oh, you, 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 yeah, you've got it. Yeah, <laughs> Nailed boom. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, look, let's finish this off. I don't, I, don't, I don't think I quite understood your theory, if I'm honest. Well, it, the um, construal but, level... No, 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 no. No, I, no, no. No, no, but no, I'm not saying I want to. You're sceptical about uh, the thing called construal level No, theory, I'm not sceptical. Which I'm not here to defend because it's not mine. My, my, my bit is no, no, thinking stop. about no, no, the listen. weather. Don't, don't tell context. me what I do and don't understand. It's a framework, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't need to be told what I do, what I'm getting or not getting a, about something by you. Okay. Um, I'm just saying I'm not interested in it. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, what I'm saying is... <laughs> <laughs> so no, you're a very near construal person. You don't like no, far-level construal. Stop doing construal. it. Yeah, no, no. So I'm not even saying I'm being non-judgmental. I'm being um, neutral about it. Yeah. What I'm saying is you might have something great there. And, good and congrats well done thanks i think we should think about good things that come from bad weather mm. all right okay good weather's boring yeah really let's boring let's think about some nice things to say about normally what weather that people normally yeah. criticize okay. yeah. all right fine let's do that let's leave your theory to the side for a moment um i'm not i'm not saying i'm i don't agree with it i just need to come back and look at it again yeah l l let's round this off Let's let's try and be nice about bad weather. Poor old bad weather gets a terrible reputation. Yeah. Let's try and think of some nice things that 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 bad weather. Gives well, we us. have to agree what bad weather means. Like, well, it, I think we've covered. We we probably we, mean cold and rainy, that kind of thing. Cold, right? wet, windy, right? Yeah. Sub zero, and also like ridiculously hot. I've got one. Go um, on. It's really practical. One good thing about um, sub zero weather is that stuff dies. Animals die when it's sub-zero, bad, let's say. Mm. Good is that because it's so cold, they don't mm. decompose until the spring. And they don't try and eat you, unless they're yeah. polar bears. Yes. Okay. And so therefore, I'm, on, I'm not only going to give you something good about bad weather, I'm going to give you something bad about good weather. Yeah. So the good about the bad weather is that stuff doesn't smell. Um, but then come the springtime, it's a good time, right? No. Smell of death everywhere. Because I remember this from when I lived in Poland. Uh, I don't know if I've sort of brought us down a bit there, but it's anyway. gone a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, like decomposing. Yeah, yeah. Bodies, like, Maybe that's all a bit too. Yeah. Um, anyone? What no, about, no. What what, what, hold on. But just running with that, I, I think I'm going to garble some names and dates here. But I've got in my head yeah. the idea that Francis Bacon, no, not the artist, oh. the scientist guy, or is it Roger Bacon, was travelling through Highgate with a dead chicken, and it had snowed. And he put some snow up its bottom and thereby invented frozen food. I, I, this is coming from a very deep level of my subconscious. But it, but it's something like that. The point is that without cold weather, we wouldn't have discovered yeah, freezing as yeah. a method of preservation. Either yeah. that or you, this is your yeah, a dream Maybe his name was had. Captain Birdseye. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember. But. 
Yeah. So either Tanya or Jordan, go for it. I need a bit more because Nick refrigeration with Nick stole mine. Ah, he stole yours. Because um, mine's kind of refrigeration, isn't it? <laughs> um, uh, I can talk about like a personal sort of memory. Go on. Where basically I'm not a big fan of rain, but um, I feel like weather like rain or you know when it's cold those sort of things really bring like your family together in a way like you sit at home and you have hot chocolate together or you just you know watch uh, movies together uh, whereas otherwise when you go out it's more of like an outdoor activity whereas when you're home it feels more personal more this sounds like a theory that I once came up with called construal theory, <laughs> <laughs> where it's exactly this. Um, but also board games in the winter as a yeah, family is nice. Yeah, and when I use when we were kids, me and my cousins, we used to make like paper boats and put it in like puddles when it used to rain. All of those were like really nice memories. Which this is, I feel, I'm feeling I've quite got, wistful now. Yeah, yeah. About these. Fancy bit of rain. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Jordan. I do have one. Really high. Heat tip, minimal clothing required. <laughs> I think that's a big plus. Because you don't. You've seen his body. Feel, yeah, <laughs> you're not feeling. You're not feeling cold. You can show it off you at can, last. You can walk around the house. No, you, you don't have to. And you know how Aussies can't any excuse to take their top off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas when it's cold, you've got to wear all these layers of clothes. As soon as you get out of bed, you're freezing. No, he's absolutely right. When it's really hot, you just. No, it's easy. No clothing required. Yeah, I, and in fact, if it's too hot, uh, there is that it, the unbelievably fantastic relief of jumping into the pool. Mm. Like that is really good, isn't it? Like the ridiculously the cooling hot off. gives you yeah. that cooling off. You you never get a heating up that is the same mm. as that cooling off. You know, you can stick a jumper on or put the fire on, but it's going to take a while to get going. But that cooling off is a is a it's that's true. a one way experience. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. But I haven't. Yeah, oh, you've got another thing. Were you going to answer? Because the other thing I was going to say is also makes me. So my wife, she hates Switzerland, right? And why? Because mm. she has to put so many clothes on. Oh, I thought it, it might be something to do with Swiss people. Well, <laughs> there's that as well. That, no, that's more me than her. <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, so Nick, round us off. Civilization, technology. Yeah, go on. Well, I think it's probably there's probably a good reason to say that almost all of the technology we've invented, at least at the beginning, if you think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, absolutely top, or is it bottom of that? I think it's the bottom is, is shelter, isn't it? Like shelter comes almost before uh, food. You, you know, so you've got to, yeah. you've got to get that sorted before you can start doing the other stuff. And so a lot of kind of early technology is about that survival against the elements, things like pot pottery, you know, protecting stuff you've got, roofs so for which you need you know pottery and and fire and all of these other things fire probably one of the earliest inventions you know all of these things um which have come from the need to to battle the elements so i you know without if we just we would still be you know hairy and and just you know living in living on the plains without even a club to wield. I could, I've got one knock-dead argument for this, right? Yeah, go on. So the, I thought you were going to start talking about the Fertile Crescent, but keep going. The, what's the continent with the highest per capita number of scientists? Per capita? Yeah. Ooh, it's going to be like, um, it's going to be Oceania or something. Asia. Yeah. Antarctica. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Antarctica, so the yeah. harshest continent on Earth has produced the highest number of scientists. Hasn't it, makes you, it makes you think... 
It makes you think. This, Shut up, Jordan. <laughs> they haven't come this, from Antarctica. No, they have. <laughs> Antarctic society is incredibly advanced. Yeah, absolutely. They're right up there with those Lux, with those amazing Olympians, Luxembourgians. Yeah. <laughs> um, brilliant. I think we pulled it off. We, we together, mm. we uh, weathered that storm. Well done. Good. So let's stop there. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Tanya Sunil, Jordan Fermanis, and Nick Hare. Thank you very much. Until next time, goodbye.